the Great American Folk Show, a little place in this space that celebrates the craft and community of music and art and the people who make it. I'm Tom Brousseau. Eric Dethridge is my sidekick. Uh, <laughs> wow. My inspiration, I think, in my dream has always been to be a sidekick. You Tom, look pretty you comfy know? on that chair over there. <laughs> I know, I know. But but I think, uh, you know, more Paul Schaefer than Ed McMahon. Actually, Andy Richter was was pretty cool, too. He's pretty cool. Just don't get drunk like Ed, okay? hey <laughs> Oh, my God. Are you old enough to remember uh, Phil Hartman's Ed McMahon? Don't answer that question. <laughs> Great American Folk Show listener, I promise we won't devolve into Cheap Chuckle Fest just to get you to listen. We will, however, present the finest in music and the arts and North Dakota culture, because that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. And today, we really are bringing you one of the finest out of the Emerald Isle, a national treasure there, folk star Paul Brady. Eric, you talked about Ed McMahon and his alleged drinking Quote issue unquote, on yeah. the Tonight Show, but have you ever had anybody drinking about you? Oh, gosh, I hope I've never driven anyone to the sauce. But, you know, now I've got an earworm in my head. You just planted it. Thank you. You know that Commander coding the Lost Planet oh, Airman song? Yes. The intro? My baby said, said son, you're going to drive me drinking, drinking if you don't, don't stop riding that hot rod Lincoln. Well, we... <laughs> have perhaps a sure-to-be classic from multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter, and disciple of the Carter family, and asleep at the wheel, Brennan Lee. Mm. In fact, she recorded an album with a Texas swing legend. Asleep at the wheels, Ray Benson said, Brennan will carry the torch for real roots in American music for generations. That is quite a thing coming from somebody like him. What an honor that must have been. Here is a little bit of Brennan Lee with somebody's drinking about you. Right. Bottoms up, everybody. Here's more from Brennan Lee. I grew up in western Minnesota, not far from Fargo, North Dakota, where I was born. I loved poetry from the time I knew how to read. I liked the early poems of William Butler Yeats and I used to try and imitate them. I liked Tennyson and Christina Rossetti and Shakespeare. I loved the complex blueprint of a sonnet. I could sink my teeth into it. As a young teenager, I became obsessed somehow with the country, bluegrass, and western swing music my parents loved. I learned every Hank Williams, the first, song I could find, and I tried writing my own with all of the rich life experience a 15-year-old had to offer. As time went by, I got better at it. That's how songwriting works. You get better with time and practice. I moved to Texas while still in my teens. 
but I never forgot the feeling of the wide open plains. The eternal feeling of space informs my work to this day. A strong gust of wind will always feel like a hug to me in any part of the world. The longer I stayed away from home and the more my accent faded, the more I realized that where I'm from is actually exotic. It wasn't until years later that I wrote an entire album of songs about my native North Dakota called Prairie Love Letter. My friend Robbie Falks produced it, and to this day it's closest to my heart of any of my records. If I must categorize my music, I classify it as country music. Country music to me is simple. It's not defined by instrumentation or even feel. Country music is rural people's stories. Someone telling about their life, their hardship, their joy, their regret. Tom T. Hall, Merle Haggard, and Dolly Parton are great examples of the kind of storytelling I love in a song. I realize I'm unique in the sense that I was born in the 1980s, but my parents exposed me to music that was of their parents' generation. My dad used to entertain my brother and me by playing songs like The Wildwood Flower or The Wreck of the Old 97 on his Guild acoustic guitar. My parents sang harmony together for fun. There wasn't a performance element to our sing-alongs. It was a simple way to entertain ourselves. It wasn't impressed on me as a possible career choice, at least not until much later. To me, that is the essence of country music. It's a way to tell a story, to have something in common with a neighbor, to sing together. I like good singers, but the song itself is always the most important thing. Well, I can't say it's nice to meet you Or that I ever wanted to But it was bound to happen in the end Now that we're face to face All that I can say is I'm sorry for you, my friend Cause you took him for granted You didn't understand him I don't think you can cause you're a fool But you just kept on going Without even knowing you were throwing away a precious jewel He was yours to hold With a heart as pure as gold Full of love you could have seen if you weren't blind He stayed with you all that time Cause you took him for granted You didn't try to understand him You don't know what you were missing But I do And now I get to hold him You didn't even know it You were throwing away a precious jewel Thank you.
That was Brennan Lee throwing away a precious jewel. What a pretty song. Mm. All right, Tom, aside from our next guest, that guy that you're hearing in the background right now, Mr. Paul Brady, who had Bonnie Raitt and Tina Turner cover one of his songs. He's played with Eric Clapton, among many. But you think of Irish artists, you think of like Sinead O'Connor, of course, you too. Van Morrison, who's uh, Cranberries. Yeah, Van Morrison, who's Northern Irish, technically, but uh, let's say the Emerald Isle. Let's just include everybody. But who is your favorite, let's say, unsung or underrated Irish artist? Well, I've had the pleasure of touring over in Ireland, in Northern Ireland. I've met so many great people. I've had a chance to meet some of the, you know, the older generation of Irish performers, too. But, like, current, unsung, working singer-songwriters, touring people, probably Finn Regan. Mouth is of sapphires When you speak There's a spark across the room I was over in Ireland with uh, John Riley and Becky Stark as a trio. We were able to actually <laughs> travel with John to go over to Ireland while he helped promote Wreck-It Ralph. What's your name? Uh, Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. You can imagine if you're an actor, you have all these responsibilities and duties. You made a movie, now you're going to have to try to help promote it. Of course. And so Fee and Regan, he opened up two of the shows that we played in Ireland. If you happen to read this... Rose was born Child actress On the fifth day of the snow Be good or be gone Was really just totally enchanted by his presence and by his conversation we we all had dinner together he is a very very accomplished guitar player songwriter and singer really a big fan of his work how about you eric who is your favorite underrated irish musician or artist ah well mine is kind of like you too another band named after a spy plane they're called bell x1 and you're hearing a little bit of The Great Defector by Bell X1, which to me sounds like a, a lost Talking Heads composition. Great song. You're the chocolate at the end of my I love the way you're underwater. Always sets off that X-ray machine. Covered in the land, but now I love the color of it all. Blue lights on the runway, I love the color of it all. Well, as you can tell, there are lots of amazing artists from the Emerald Isle. And that's why we're so lucky to have Paul Brady on the Great American Folk Show. My name's Paul Brady. I grew up in Ireland in the 50s, born in the late 40s. And it was an interesting place to grow up in uh, from a musical point of view. 
because um, we were right in the middle between Europe and the States in terms of musical influences. And we also had a very strong indigenous folk music culture of our own, which was very much alive. So all this music was around me when I was a kid. And of course, I took it all for granted, as kids do. It didn't seem strange to me to have a kind of a song in the Irish language with no accompaniment, followed by a track by Perry Como <laughs> or Dean Martin. All the music came through Ireland, and I soaked it up as a young uh, person. My mother and father <coughs> were both musical, although they weren't like in music as a profession or anything. They were school teachers. But music was always in the house. My father sang, my mother sang. And in our extended family, there were quite a few musicians, namely my uncle Bernard, who lived in a county near us, played the fiddle, traditional Irish fiddle. I took it for granted and uh, didn't seem in any way special or weird or anything. And then, like, as the 50s came by, passed on, Elvis came along, Little Richard... Gene Vincent, Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Buddy Holly. I can remember as a 10-year-old down at the amusements, as we call them, the kind of fun fair at the seaside where we used to go on holidays up in County Donegal. And uh, at that time, all the, the big American 50s rock and roll stars were coming to their peak. And this was a music which had never been heard before. And as me sort of approaching my teens, it was a very, very exciting sound, backdrop to one's existence at the time. So um, that formed the background to my entire future music. I started to play music uh, myself, taught myself the piano, taught myself the guitar. Uh, when I was about 11, I got a guitar for Christmas, acoustic guitar, but there was no teachers in the town, so I had to figure it out myself. I got taken over by the British blues scene at the time, Fleetwood Mac, Eric Clapton, the Blues Breakers, things like that, uh, Peter Green. I was very into that. And uh, then the folk revival happened in uh, Ireland. Well, it wasn't really a revival in the sense that it was, <laughs> it was never dead, but it came in on the back of the American folk thing with Dylan and Peter, Paul and Mary. The energy that that gave to us as teenagers in Ireland, I suppose, uh, encouraged us to look at our own music and see what we could do with that. So from the late 60s through until the late 70s, I was totally involved in Irish traditional folk music, made many records, uh, played with a band called the Johnstons and another band called Planksty. And um, from the late 70s, I'd been a solo performer, a songwriter. I started writing then. And um, basically what I've done from then to now is just try and marry all the different strains of my music together and... Uh, Hopefully they'll, they have influenced what I'm writing. I'm still at it today, enjoying it, uh, although I could do without this COVID thing and I'd love to get back up on stage in front of people instead of singing into an iPad. But other than that, I have to say I've had a very interesting and um, lucky musical career.
Jack was a cruel turn of fate. I did three bitter years inside. A friend of mine who set me up, and he was the one got away with the money. But I swore tonight would be the night. Please couldn't hold me no longer. The ring was dancing on the yard, the searchlight creeping down the wall. And that it was so black outside, I nearly jumped half a block from the wrong. I saw the green light come shining I busted loose I'm out on the run I'm so close You're right in the sights of my gun
circles At most it's a fleeting touch A hurried connection Spirits colliding Locked up on a human frame
I want you to want me and busted loose from Irish folk legend Bob Brady. Even as a septuagenarian, still hitting those super high notes with no problem. (laughs) Paul's got a memoir out now that's called Crazy Dreams. And on the 15th of November, he picked up the Oh Yeah Legend Award at the Northern Ireland Music Prize. Instrumental stylings of Mickey and Elvis. That's what they go by. Mickey plays the upright bass, and Elvis is on that beautiful, faraway electric guitar. They hail from Austin, Texas these days. Let's hear more from them now. It's Mickey and Elvis. The songs on Volume 1 were born out of the pandemic. March of 2020 found us in the surreal early days of quarantine. We were confined to our apartment in L.A. and decided to use the opportunity to play together something that had fallen by the wayside with daily life, work, etc. Both coming from being in bands, this was the first time in a long while we were just playing for ourselves, writing for fun, and being in the moment. We dusted off the upright bass and paired it with the Guild Starfire. We ran both instruments through an old Ampeg Gemini with the reverb cranked, and that became the sound. The only thought behind it to begin with was, we were in our lounge, why not have a lounge act? We started to experiment with making videos of us performing the pieces to share online during this lonely, uncertain time. It felt like a way to connect to the music community while live music was at a standstill. The first piece we wrote was Pretty But Gritty. Mickey came up with the hypnotic bass line on the spot one night and started to loop it. Eventually, the dreamy guitar melody came through and the puzzle pieces started to come together. This process became the blueprint for the subsequent songs. The short length of the pieces was unintentional, but having both come up in punk rock, it's not surprising. We were creating these fun and moody instrumentals, leaving out the unnecessary fluff. And what's not to love about brevity? The Minutemen had it right. All killer, no filler. The second chapter in the life of these songs came when our dear friend and music supervisor, Willie Udell, came calling. She was doing some work for This American Life and couldn't help but think of the pandemic lounge pieces. She urged us to make proper recordings of them. We recorded the songs ourselves in various living rooms, live with the stripped-down setup. We sent them over, and to our delight, the podcast loved them. They can now be heard in regular rotation throughout the show as transitional music. The third wave of these mysterious recordings came into play when we relocated to Austin, Texas last year, where we wrote and recorded Incognito. We decided we loved these recordings so much we knew they needed their own release. We loved the thought of people listening to them while cooking dinner or driving around town. Our good friend and talented photographer Robert Lee Hull came and took our portrait just after the big freeze in Austin earlier this year. We put the recordings together and self-released it all on our very own label of love. 
We like to think of it as Tarantino meets Marty and Elaine, a smoky noir dark bar with a twist of mysterious intrigue. It's dark and dreamy, it's sneaky and stripped down, and we hope you love it. Thanks to Tom and Mary for having us. That was Mickey and Elvis, instrumentalists based in Austin, Texas. They sent in this recording especially for the show, and as far as I know, it's totally unreleased. So you get to hear it first. How about that? I'd like to play it for you now. It's called Midnight Sprint. It's Mickey and Elvis. Elvis with a song that you can only hear right here at the Great American Folk Show. The song is called Midnight Sprint. You can find out more about their haunting country noir instrumentals at soundcloud.com slash Mickey and Elvis. You want to spell Mickey, M-I-K-K-I and Elvis, just like Elvis Presley. <laughs> All right, so Tom, I want to back up to what you said when you were talking about Fee and Regan and, and you were touring Ireland and Scotland yeah. with uh, John C. Riley, among others, and like, what, okay, what, what, a, what a mind trip that was. Uh, I mean, he was promoting a movie. You guys were, uh, I guess, performing together as well. So, you know, having seen a few John C. Riley movies, he's a very funny guy. Imagining him in Ireland, you can only think of one thing: John C. Riley and you guys hanging out at. Irish pubs and is he holding court with the locals? Do they recognize him? Is it a riot scene? What is going on? Well, first of all, uh, wherever John goes, he's always tends to hold court. <laughs> I can <laughs> guess, yeah. And in Ireland, I think it's like to another level because Riley, his pop was was Irish. His family's Irish, yeah. and they come from Chicago, big strong Irish family. When we were in Ireland and England and Scotland, we would visit some of these little pubs, some of the folks who were around us, who were kind of being our liaisons, taking care of us as we would, you know, fly in to do these shows. They would take us to the favorite local haunts. And no doubt about it, the night that I will never forget was when we were in Dublin. Mm. After the show, we went to a little pub 
Is it called Mary Max? I think it's called Mary Max. It's a famous pub. Yeah, I think I've heard of that before. Yeah. And there we are. Yeah. The three of us, me, John, and Becky, and a few people who were up late having a pint. <laughs> Doors were shut yeah, down. Yeah. Somebody brought out a guitar. I have no idea where our guitars were, but <laughs> somebody, I think there was just a guitar on the wall. And the guitar comes down, and all of a sudden... It makes the rounds, and people are playing all kinds of songs. So just the pub patrons, uh, you know? Everybody. Just, yeah. And wow. it, not one person said, can I get your audio? It wasn't like that. Maybe some of the people didn't even know who he was. But nonetheless, John still has that presence where he kind of holds court. He's yeah. just this big presence. So people might not know who he is, but they can feel who he is. So did you get the guitar? Did John get the guitar? We all got the guitar. I don't really remember what song <laughs> I played, but I remember the song that John played. Maybe mm. it was a Bob Dylan song, and maybe it was to Ramona. And everybody in that pub knew the song and sang along. You think about Ireland, and, you know, for me, I think of midnight on Christmas Eve when Bono and Glenn Hansard go around to the town square and they're holding court with just guitars and singing Christmas carols with the locals and nobody's like trying to mob them. They give them space. Sinead O'Connor was there one year and I watched the video a couple times after she passed away just to remember her and it was quite beautiful, quite stunning and just, I mean, Ireland in general, it's not a thing. The whole celebrity thing is isn't really not kind of a big deal. No, and that's the thing about music. The power of music is that it transcends any of that and it's the ultimate unifier. Everybody everybody joins in. Everyone is joining in all over the world. In fact, over in England, there's a campaign underway to make Fairy Tale of New York a number one song during the holiday season. At last check, the Irish Christmas classic was battling Wham! and Mariah Carey for the top spot. Those are two very popular, popular songs. Come on, Fairy Tale, let's enter our way up to the top of those UK charts. Now, time for me, Shane McGowan and Kirsty McCall's Drunken Tale of Broken Dreams, Blame, Bitterness, A Bottomless Love, The Irish-American Experience, and oh yeah, Christmas is the greatest holiday song of all time. It's just got so much going on. Great singing and that back and forth the late great Kirsty McCall is playfully toxic. You're a bum, you're a punk. You're an old slut and And just when you think there's nothing sentimental in the song, the hopeful refrain kicks in. The boys of the NYPD choir are still singing Galway Bay, and the bells are ringing out for Christmas Day. There's just something so beautiful, so poignant about those lines, and what it means to be Irish any place you are. As you know, by now, Shane McGowan, the lovable punk poet of the Pogues, passed away on November 30th. He was 65 years old. 
And while Fairy Tale of New York will live in holiday playlist immortality, it is the timeless music of the band he fronted, the Pogues, that will live on in every Irish pub that dots this world on the jukebox if they have one. Whatever mix they're playing or satellite service they're subscribing to, well, there better be Sally McLennan, Sunny Side of the Street, Dirty Old Town, The Body of an American, great scene in the show The Wire with that song, and If I Should Fall from Grace with God. Shane McGowan was a hard scrabble voice of sin and redemption. He went there, he lived it, he survived it despite many winking prognostications of his early demise. Not to excuse it because substance abuse harms not just the individual, but families and generations. But I do believe Shane McGowan lived that way for the music and for us. What else can I say but Schlanche? listening and also to our guests Mickey and Elvis and Paul Brady and Brennan Lee thank you for being on the show Eric Dethridge is the producer and editor Bill Thomas is the director of radio Mary Jones is our talent producer in Chicago Illinois and our sponsors the Lorac family the Blair Flegel estate the John and Elaine Andrist charitable trust and Minn Kota power cooperative Look forward to having you listen to the next podcast. Tell your friends about this show. Thank you for giving us your ear.